Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us once again, this time for episode 17 of the Fan Zone podcast. Apologies for the minor three-minute delay in getting started. We had some tech issues that were needed to be resolved, but the good news is we are up and running. And as you might be able to tell, we are, of course, joined by a special guest this afternoon, or this evening, sorry. So today's episode, five is the magic number. I'm sure many of you will be absolutely delighted with uh, this weekend's performance against Peterborough. But before we get into any of the juicy action that happened on Saturday, let's give you a little bit of a rundown about who we're joined with tonight. So, of course, we're joined by Colin and Ange, the regulars. Um, Good to have you with us, as always. However, there is also someone with us tonight, uh, and this is Paul Welch. So many of you might have seen Paul or Paul's company dotted around the stadium. So Paul is the owner of the Bolton Gin Company. Uh, you can see his logo up there in the top right of your screens. Uh, he has the, and on his T-shirt, he's uh, committed to the cause. But yeah, so Paul is the owner of the Bolton Gin Company and his sponsorship boards you can see in the ground and he's obviously his gin, you, it can be more than welcome to try it in the fan zone and in the hotel um, if you are inclined uh, then please do go and try it but thanks for joining us paul this evening we really do appreciate it pleasure nice to be here thanks for having me absolutely uh we're all looking forward to kick off today's episode and if you are joining us at home drop a like on whatever platform you're watching on uh, make sure you're following us you can find all our socials at the bottom of your screen there and as always we are now on spotify so if you want to catch up on any of the episodes you can do so just at the click of a button so, before we get started, Paul, we have a question that we ask all of our guests, uh, and it's a question that has divided opinion, um, but imagine you wake up on a Saturday morning and you're going to have a full English, so a fry-up. What goes on your plate? What are the, what are the key components that make up a fry-up for you? That for me, yeah? Yep. Black pudding. Good shout. Got to be on there. Mushrooms. Um, yep. bacon and beans really bacon and yep. beans and yep. any more than that or is that is that the lot uh, it's not exactly healthy but I do love fried bread as well oh good shout yeah. good and, shout. Uh, and lots of salt um, good cup of coffee I would have thought um, um, I would have thought uh, fried bread's like a Gen Z kind of approach is it anymore I would have thought <laughs> no, I, don't think, I don't think you're allowed to are you <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. It's probably, yeah, something would be wrong with that somewhere, wouldn't it? I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah. One of the um, viewers, but... Liam, has asked, no sausage? Is there no sausage on a fry-up for you? Oh, there is, but some. It's, it depends what. I mean, you know, a, a good Cumberland or something with a bit of spice in it would be good. One of those curly ones. Oh, I love those. Yeah. your egg, Paul? What egg are you having? Oh, I see. Poached, but unless somebody fries it with a really runny yolk. <laughs> but poached is <laughs> I do not believe it. I'm sorry. It's a southerner in me. I can almost guarantee that cheer that, that uh, Ange did then was probably bigger than the majority, <laughs> of, the, majority of the cheers after the goals that were going in yesterday. I'm so happy. Thank you. Ange's never been excited for one of these podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Gin and poached eggs. What more? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 We well, usually have to wake her up a little bit, Paul, but that's something that's going to It's walked me right up, that. It's walked yeah. me right up. <laughs> that is oh, uh, good. 
That's a, it's a good choice. That is a good play. Uh, I think that's a, a solid eight out of ten on that one. If oh. it was a fried egg or scrambled egg, you might be looking at a nine or a ten, but oh. I can't, we can't be dealing with poached eggs here. <laughs> So, yes, thanks everyone for joining. We really do appreciate it. Uh, like I said, drop us a follow and leave a like on the episode wherever you're watching. And um, yeah, Ange, do you want to kick us off? So, Paul, tell us a bit about how, how the gin company came into fruition. Like, what were you doing 10 years ago up to, up to now? Give us a quick rundown. Um, yeah, okay. So, I mean, it's the weirdest story in the world. And it wasn't just me at the start, there was a few. Ten years ago, I would have been managing a bank, um, so absolutely nothing to do with gin whatsoever. But um, and if you were on the, the view earlier, you'd have seen guitars all around the room. I was teaching guitar in the evening. That led to doing little showcases with my students on stage. That led to a group of us putting on festivals. That led us to getting a horse box and selling other people's gin on it. That led to a drunken conversation in the Queen Anne on Wigan Road to say, uh, why can't we do this? That lent, led to experimentation in a kitchen. That led to world domination and Amazon and God knows what. <laughs> yeah, so the craziest, world, the craziest journey. World domination um, in conjunction with Sharon Britton, I, I guess, Paul, yeah? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, I mean, I, need, I even forgot, I mean, you know, not that I'm advocating too much alcohol use, but I'd even forgot that um, I'd bought something on a Friday evening. I woke up on the Saturday morning, looked at my phone and had a GoDaddy 99 pence uh, receipt. And I'd bought www.theboltonginecompany.co.uk. And if I hadn't have had the receipt on my phone, I would never have remembered. Um, wow. And then it all quickly with the guys that, you know, were involved at the start um, that we all sort of like, oh, my God, we better take this seriously. And then. Just over three years ago, I was the daft one that decided to jump across full time and put it all on the line and go, do you know what? I'm going to do this. Um, and here we are now. Fantastic. Um, I think I think what you've done in, in, in answering that question so detail in such a detailed manner, you know, you've kind of uh, answered my my question, actually. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, don't apologize. <laughs> Yeah, it's good. Don't worry about it. It's just something that obviously that, that I thought of previously. But obviously, I'll, I'll let ben, ben go ahead if you, if you don't mind, Ben. Absolutely. So, obviously, you're now the proud owner of the Bolton Gin Company. Um, and there were obviously other people to begin with that helped yeah. you along the way. But obviously, many people will have recognised so far that you don't have a Bolton accent and aren't from Bolton. Um, yeah. What does Bolton mean to you? Obviously... Your, your company has sort of grown with Bolton over the last few years that you've had it and is now yeah. talking a, a, another step in, in sponsoring the club and yeah. having that partnership explored. So would you say that as well as sort of growing the company within Bolton that you've almost grown with Bolton too? So, my, I mean, the backdrop of it, I used to come up here um, to do training um, with the, 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 the bank that I was working with and stuff like that to come up and train people up here. So my missus is from Great Lever. Okay, she moved down to Gloucester, where I'm from, um, and and I can speak from both sides of the divide. Down there, they're not quite as friendly. She didn't like it, so sold up, up sticks, and came all the way up Them Six. I didn't know what Them Six was until I moved. <laughs> I thought it was the M Six, but it's not. It's Them Six. Yeah, it was a new motorway. Um, and I've never ever been in a place. Southerners were a different breed. 
but I've never been in a place where you've got so many mates instantly because oh the people are not Bolton and I'm just sorry I'm just not one of those people um it's a friendly place it just I was made welcome instantly I've got two daughters Ella and Lola both born up here they've got the accents so I'm halfway there what um, accent yeah, yeah you don't have an accent. <laughs> well, that is a good up tone. Good, good up tone. Yeah, that, yeah. That one. No, <laughs> I'm trying. Um, but you know what? I, this is my this is home. Um, the Bolton Gin Company has been something that's made me, I suppose, a little bit known. Um, and I don't mean that in a in a, a, a biggie way. I mean, it's you know, oh my god, it's the gin man, and that's what I pretty much get called. Um, but it, I don't think I could have done this anywhere else and got the support that I've had with this company from anywhere else like Bolton. It's just, uh, people need to, to get behind this place a little bit more because it's not, you know, it's not a bad town guys. It's, it's pretty cool up here. It is so indeed. I certainly know how to get my hands on your goods, Paul, because I've sampled <laughs> it many a time. That's the post um, <laughs> uh, So do you want to just give anyone who's listening or watching an idea of how either like, at the club, in the stadium, or other ways of getting a taste of the Bolton Gin Company gin? Yeah, so we've got the website, obviously, just the standard, you know, boltongincompany.co.uk. We're on Amazon now, which is nice. Um, I've worked with lots of, because I, I don't deal with big companies. I turned down Morrison's, um, turned down the co-op. We're not interested, no, we're a Bolton firm. So everybody I work with, I know, corner shops, that sort of thing. We've got our own shop in Horwich, um, and I've got a number of, bars that I own now on the back of, of the you know the success of this as well that you can get it in but I suppose the other yeah, major thing is that we're on sale in Bolton Wanderers fan zone we're also in the hotel premier suite line of Vienna um the advertising around it you know the website is UK wide and believe me Bolton's reach is you the club is UK wide we send stuff through the the link on the Bolton gin uh, Bolton Wanderers website and ours to Bolton fans up and down this country so wherever you are, you know, website, local shops, local bars, and especially the club. Yeah, it's, you know, we can taste our crazy things all over the place. Give us an idea of um, of the furthest in the UK north and the furthest in the UK south that you've delivered. Okay, to. so without um, I don't know um, pigeonholing people, we send a lot of iron brew to Aberdeen. <laughs> yeah, we do. We send iron brew gin. We send yeah. lots to Scotland. So yeah, we, we've delivered to the Shetlands um we're on sale in pubs in bournemouth um devon uh cheltenham just next to where i'm from we have had photos back from dubai uh cape town um uh, kansas uh sweden and pretty much most of of the balearics and canaries with people taking bottles of we can't export it we're not big enough so uk wide it's honestly it's from from top to toe excellent fantastic amazing yeah, it's uh, it's I, I keep saying pinch myself. Yeah, if you were if some if somebody was looking like one of the many listeners that and viewers that we've got at the moment, like thinking I won't mind starting up something cool. of this kind of nature. What kind of advice would you be giving them to kind of you know to? You know, what? it's weird. I mean, if someone's got an idea, and I I I think I t I tweeted or put something on LinkedIn or something about um, if you've got an idea, there's going to be a thousand people out there that are going to tell you that it's a bad idea and 999 people are telling you it's a bad idea because it wasn't their idea if yeah. you've got something that you really think just do it it doesn't matter if it works 
It really doesn't. I mean, you know, this has worked. It's great. And we've got other things in the pipeline that will highlight the company. Um, uh, it doesn't matter if it had all gone wrong after six months because I would still have been proud when I went and did it. So anybody, I'm going to tell my girls, you can be anything you want to be. You genuinely, if you've got an idea, you want to give it a bash, just do it. It doesn't have to make you millions. Believe me, Bolton did hasn't made me millions at all. But I'm still yeah. doing it. I'm still... Yeah, I'm, wait, until, wait until we get back into the Prem. It might do then. Well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. You're all invited to the millionaire's party, guys, believe me. <laughs> well, yeah, just, go for it. just do it. If you don't try it, you'll never know that it didn't work or did. What's Steve Jobs once said, um, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. So if you don't try, then you're always going to fail. Just uh, uh, sorry, and I apologise. Ben's going to probably shout at me for this, uh, but I I'm interested to learn, and I know many the viewers will be as well. What kind of relationship have you got with the club at present in terms of Sharon, the directors, the, 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 you know, management, senior management team, et cetera, et yep. cetera. Yep. So, I mean, I was saying, you know, when we, before we came on that um, you met, met Sharon once the other, the other way when the King and Queen consort came to um, Bolton town hall, because we were invited inside to meet them as a, another thing that I'm involved in with, um, with some guys that support the club, but I was with um, Phil Mason and Richard this week at the club. Um, we were talking about Bolton Wonders in the community. Um, so I get the opportunity to talk to them about projects and bits and pieces that are going on. You, you, you know, it's, it's a, they're approachable. These are people, are, they're great. I mean, Ivan Crompton, who's the DJ at halftime, is a really good friend of mine, Julie, um, his wife. You know, so we're involved. We get to the club to see people in, in, in weird and wonderful settings all the time. But it's just like talking to somebody that you've known forever. Mike Pink, that was the previous commercial director. Mike, I mean, he came from, I think, Late Orient. Um, mm. No, Crystal Palace, and now he's gone to Late Orient, I think. What a guy. I mean, you know, these they're, they're, they're great people. And they've got so much focus on the community stuff. The, the BWITC, what they're, you know, the things that, that, that the club are reaching out. And again, I, said, I, I don't think you'd find another club with this sort of new and, and focused community look. It, it, honestly, it's a pleasure to when you, you go out there and chat to these guys. So you think we're in safe hands then from a business perspective? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not my it's not my money, but you know, buying the players or paying the wages. But from a small, small business walking in there and the reception that I've got, the support that they're giving to a local business. I mean, this I'm a local business. They could have chosen anybody. They could work with anybody. The huge, it's a massive, massive machine. But they don't, they work locally. And the people, you know, they they welcome you in and and listen to what you've got to say, listen to your ideas and then say, well, we're actually going to do this. Do you think you'd be like to get involved or what do you think we could do? You know, anybody in this scenario, it, honestly, it, it's just such a nice place. And the hotel side with, with Paula and, and, and Owen and Karen and all those people across there as well. Phenomenal people. Excellent. Good to hear that. Before we get stuck into any of the football chat later on, and before we give everyone our special announcement, which we will make not too long, uh, not too shortly. Can you tell us, obviously, you work quite closely with Bolton and obviously you're involved in the Bolton Wanderers in the community through your relationship to the charity Rocket. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what they do? Um, for the people who are listening that might not know who they are, um, give us a little bit of an idea of what Rocket do and what they get up to. Yeah, of course. So I was, I'm fortunate enough to know a couple of people, one being um, Lisa Forshaw, um, who's obviously a great supporter of Urban Outreach with Dave um, Bagley and all those people and, and Don Louise Price. And they introduced me 
to Julian Ivan to Rocket, and we mentor marginalized kids um, in music. So not only just um, playing and teaching um, and forming bands, and uh, but stage presence, um, recording, mixing, sound engineering, all that sort of thing. Um, we was funded, you know, so we put money in, but the other directors, Ivan and Julie Crompton, but also Matt and Joe Carr of Carr's Past His Fame. Um, we all do it. I, mean, I run a, a, a bar at Not For Profit to put charities into it. We've got a charity due next Friday um, in line of Vienna in with Bolton Wanderers in the community. Um, and we help kids that wouldn't necessarily feel confident enough to play or be in the band or, or record or, or in that industry um, feel like they can. I mean, two of the bands that have come oh. through there are now signed. Um, it's just as a you know, guitars around me and a musician, it was just manner from heaven. Um, to get to work with a brilliant people, b give something back, and then obviously it links again into the club and see the club's um love and support for, for local charities as well. That's fantastic. That's good. That. Yeah. I, I think if they, had, if they had a, a clapping or a, a emoji <laughs> or something on this, on this app, we'd I'd use that. That's that's, that's brilliant. That. It's nice yeah. to be able to say, isn't it? It's nice to be able to give something back sometimes, and it, it just gives you a, a, a real warm, a warm glow. I mean, in our bar in town, we put on um, open mic nights and things for kids that nobody gives anybody a chance. That's that's ten years old that's never played in front of anybody. We're like, nah, come on down, you're brilliant. And we'll tell you you're brilliant, and everybody else will know you're brilliant. And you never know the next ma major, major star. I don't know, producer, whatever, anything could well have come from Bolton because, you know, somebody, not just me, but lots and lots and lots and lots of people gave them a chance and told them they're good. Aww. It sounds like a fantastic project. Uh, and if you want to find out a little bit more about Rocket and what they get up to, then we will find some links after this podcast and put them over on our socials and you can go and take fantastic. a look. Fantastic. Thank you for that, guys. That's much appreciated, that. No, absolutely. You're very welcome. Uh, thanks for joining us. We really do appreciate it. Uh, and Pleasure. as promised, we do have a bit of a special announcement to make. There have been some pretty wild guesses as to what that might be. Uh, <laughs> we may have a little bit more of an idea as to what it is now, but Paul, would you do us the honours? Yeah, so for everybody that's watching and everybody that supports and stuff, so we're going to put um, an open-ended discount code on the website for any of you. So all you've got to do is put in FANZONE10, so F-A-N-Z-O-N-E, in capitals, and then one zero. And for as, as long as you like, all the supporters from Bolton Wanderers, from the podcast, from everything, 10% off absolutely every order that you make through the site. Thank you. You're welcome, guys. We really appreciate it. So as you all heard, get yourselves over to the Bolton Gin Company. If you're looking for a Valentine's Day present that you forgot about, you know what to do. Ben, uh, is that you? <laughs> it's, not, it's not me. Um, if you're looking to get yourself a Valentine's Day present, or maybe you've got some birthdays coming up, if you head over to the Bolton Gin Company, use code FANZONE10, and you'll be rewarded with a nice little 10% discount. I think my um, missus is watching in the other room, so I think I'll chicken uh, <laughs> that what she's having. <laughs> if you, if I, recommend, I recommend the fruit salad one. The fruit salad is my yes. favourite. I recommend no, that. I do like, yeah. <laughs> And again, it's just a way of saying that, that Bolton, Bolton supporters, Bolton Town have taken the Bolton Gin Company to their hearts. So it's generally just a thank you from me because, hey, we wouldn't be anywhere near where we are without the club, without the supporters, without the sponsorship and without the people of Bolton. Brilliant. Amazing. Thank, thank, thank you, you Paul. Much. I've just noticed some of the viewers have dropped off. I think they've gone to buy some gin. <laughs> <laughs>
But no, nice. thanks very much for that, Paul. We really do appreciate pleasure. it. It was a pleasure talking to you. Uh, yeah, and you thanks too. again for, for, for helping us out. We do appreciate it. Thank My you. pleasure. Perfect. I'm sure to we'll again. speak to you again soon. Have a nice evening. Thanks very much, guys. Cheers. See you later. So there we have it. I will quickly switch back over to the three camera so that end isn't half and half. But there we go. That is Paul from the Bolton Gin Company. And as you all heard, Paul is giving us a discount code. So if you head over to the Bolton Gin Company, you can use the code FANZONE10 at checkout for 10% off. So thank you very much for that. So I suppose now we should get into the uh, the football what, stuff. What happened yesterday, didn't it? It did indeed. Some magic happened. I think we played 5,000 games up until that point or something. Some along them lines, yeah. And some other oh, five yeah. were happening as well, weren't it? Some other five, five, all of the five. Yeah, <laughs> not to boast, but five is most certainly the magic number. Um, wow. <laughs> what a weekend. I mean, what a weekend. Peterborough Saturday, fans on podcast Sunday, gin on Monday. What more do you want? And get on Tuesday. Yeah, it's like a better version of Craig David's song, isn't it? That? <laughs> it is. So, I mean, 5,000 league games, that's uh, an achievement in itself. I know there'll be some people keen to, to put that down and say, you've just played games, what's the big deal? But that's something that money can't buy, and that is history. Um, nice touch, I think, from the AFL with their comments before the game and things like that as well. But let's get your post-match reactions, uh, as always. Uh, if you're watching at home, let us know what you thought of the game. Give us your thoughts. But, Ange, yeah, we'll go ladies first thoughts. this time. Plenty uh, thoughts. Sorry, so, sorry, Ange. So much thoughts that Ben can't handle it. And he's just like, his head's falling off. No, I, I mean, maybe I need a glass of gin before we come <laughs> on in and I can keep up with everything. So, just to warn you... I am trying to. I've got no comments on my telly, so I can't even help you with comments today. But calling you on comment. Yeah. Um, bloody hell! I don't even know where to start about yesterday. I did not see that one coming. No, um, it was bonkers. Special. It was. It felt like a really, really special day. Um. They, they just all it just clicked didn't it it just all clicked um i was really nervous in the morning worry that that nervous sick feeling um but they were just they were just on it and like when we get to man of the match i'm like oh brah, could be so many of them um i don't really i don't really want to spoil it by like dissecting it too much because i just really enjoyed it I also had quite a few to drink while I was watching it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I might like, you. I might, yeah, I might like Colin do the dissecting, but I just had a right good day. <laughs> well, I can't blame you. Well, I, I didn't, I, I didn't have a good day to be honest with you because I was watching the game yesterday um, at home. Unfortunately, I couldn't attend, um, and I was looking after my little boy and. His naps were like well out of sync, and I he ended up he ended up waking up just before the game, and it was a nightmare. So I just had to just put him in the hallway and just watch it. So it weren't very good having him sleep. <laughs> no, I'm all joking. I didn't really do that. I, mean, you know, I, I watched the game yesterday, and I thought it was uh, to be honest with you, I was a little bit. Um, I know we scored after like 12 minutes, didn't we? Um, and I was a little bit 
up until that point, and then slightly after it as well, I was a little bit concerned because I, I felt a little bit like Peterborough were, were in the ascendancy yesterday and, and they, they came at us. Um, and yet they obviously they, they, they recognised that they wanted to close that kind of gap from between them and us in, in the playoff spots. Um, but I, what I would say, I think it just highlighted the the importance of not necessarily the, scoring the first goal in terms of the time we scored it, but certainly the the, the, the second goal because and yeah. then obviously the third goal because what obviously that did and anybody who's watched lots of football will know it just knocked them sideways because obviously we scored just before half time we scored just after the second half kicked off and it just enabled us <laughs> to then the game plan that obviously had it set up at, the, at half time I think he paid reference to after the game when he was talking about um, playing uh, against the fullbacks so to speak uh, and he just enabled us to kind of go down that route successfully and, and obviously capitalise on that. And, and more importantly, keep a clean sheet and score plenty of goals as well, which is obviously going to help us towards the end of the season because obviously them type of wins um, are obviously with, with a point, aren't they, in, in, in many ways at the, at the end of the end of the season. So all in all, um, despite the fact I'm a little bit concerned it's you know, 10, 15 minutes into the game, uh, all in all, very, very, very happy with, with such a resounding victory. Um, I've got my man of the match down to a T, um, and obviously I look forward to chatting about that. But obviously I'm I'm, I'm also keen to learn what other people's thoughts are as well because plenty of people in, in in the chat and and yeah, be good to get your opinions on on, on what you thought of the game. There are indeed. They certainly weren't a bad side, were they? They think that's the thing. They were we, we were playing a good football inside, and I, I think that's what just that kept, that shocked me that we came out with that result. They've got a lot of attacking threats. That's yeah. clear. And they had a couple of chances. And I think um, Calvin, is it? I can't remember his name. I, I, if I could abbreviate it, I would. <laughs> What's he called? Um, Johnson Clark Harris. Sorry, my apologies. Um, he scored. GCH he, he, is the commentator's yeah, calling. That's it, yeah. He had a free edit, didn't he? And if that goes in, it's a different. It's potentially a different game. But they're the, they're the margins, aren't they? And, you know, um, we managed the game fantastically well um, after that. And I suppose it's just that that clinical edge again, like we've talked uh, previously, of not having it and missing chances, and we didn't yesterday. We put them all away. Indeed, that's that, uh, that fine margin. We had, we had a clinical centre forward in our team, did we yesterday? We did. <laughs> One that's <laughs> proven at this level in our team. Yeah. One that's got twenty goals in our team yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Do not write him off. The man is on fire. Um, Talking about yeah. Charles, by the way, if anybody's not too sure. Well, I don't know. You could have been on about Santos. He bagged himself a couple. Maybe he's <laughs> going to be. Maybe he's going to be the uh, next centre forward for us. Um, but yes, honestly, mirroring everything that you've just said, the game I thought was fantastic. Uh, I think, yeah, apart from the first fifteen minutes, uh, just before and just after we scored, um, there was a bit of a, a rough patch, but for large part of the game we looked like we were just enjoying ourselves which is not often that we see that um there was a real air of quality about every single one of the lads that were on the pitch uh yesterday and yeah that was really really good good to see and hopefully we can continue that fine form just, um just one thing there very quickly i did notice yesterday um we had less possession than them um I guess probably because we've scored at vital times and obviously we've sat in and let them have the ball and all that type of stuff. But less shots as well. Um, 
but um, more on on targets. That obviously highlights that we were clinical, weren't we, in in our approach yesterday, and obviously that's why we we won so so comfortably. Um, and all the shots on target pretty much went straight to Traff. Traff, yeah. Oh. Um, they're a really also, good team going forward. They create a lot, but so many of their chances were so wasteful and just went really far wide of the post and things like that. Yeah. I think the big difference, which Chris has actually just put in, was that the, the balls that we put into the box and into the penalty area were of so much better quality and were yeah. so much quicker that I think we saw it for Dion's goal, especially the cross from Geth was pitch perfect. A phenomenal the cross. Dion put it away. It was unbelievable. It was really, really good. And that yeah. for me was the big, big difference yesterday. Just the, the mm. nature of the chances we were creating were of a much better quality. That final ball that we've lacked so many times was was really hit on the head. Another thing as well that I said yesterday, um, before the game started, not by much, but they were favourites. Peterborough yesterday. And I'm I'm he, seeing a lot he's of He's top I'm, scorer in it, that that GCH fella. Harris. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can't yeah. abbreviate it. Um yeah, sorry. Yeah, he, he, he is. Yeah, but we've seen. I've seen a lot. We seem to be getting written off by let him, let him, let yeah. him write us off. Honestly, I don't. Bookies, whether it be the opposition fans, whether it be, I'm obviously man, the opposition managers don't because they get it. But the fact, certainly opposition fans, I'm getting that vibe that we we seem to be getting written off. And like you said, Ange. Let him bring it, bring it. <laughs> I think that's probably a large part due to the start. Well, not the start so much, but that mid ground in the season that we had, where we were, you know, throwing away what most would deem as as three point games against teams like Cheltenham and Forest Green. We were really not living up to the occasion at all and coming away there empty handed. Other teams don't, do they? You know, Ipswich have dropped points to Lincoln at home, and you know they've dudes gone to Cambridge and dropped points and stuff. Other teams. It happens in a season, doesn't it? I don't know. I, I seem to be highlighting more. I don't know whether that's because it's amongst us as fans or or what. But... Possibly. Who knows? Um, but yeah. all I can say is I won't write us off because, boy, are we in fine form, uh, which is fantastic to see. I'm going to run through some of the comments. Uh, Nath has said, thought their left winger was doing everything for them yesterday. Wouldn't mind us taking a look at him next season if we go up. Uh, I think that was Mason Clark, I believe. Um I thought he was good. He had a lot of shots. I mean, not all of them were, were, were very good, but um, he, he did. He created a lot. He was fast as well. I think Toll had his hands full playing against him. Um, I'd be interested to see. He where managed else him well, like. though. He managed him yeah. well. He ushered him well. He, he, he did. He did. he did very well. Even for a big lad, Toll's got. He's a bit like Santos. He's he's freakishly quick. Um, when yeah. he gets going, it's a it's a bit strange to see that he starts off a bit sluggish, but once he once he gets going, there's no catching him. Um, but yeah, he was good. Uh, he's only 23 as well, but I'm not sure if he can play anywhere else. But obviously, we wouldn't want a another case of a Dapo coming in and wowing us all, and then not being able to do anything the season after if we if we change system. Um, I don't know, maybe I get shot. Don't offend people, Ben. I know I might get shot for saying People that. People are still a bit sore when it comes to Dapo, aren't they? <laughs> uh, Chris has said the third goal was critical. Two-one early second half would have been a major problem. Which ben, is... before you carry on with a comment, with a, with a, with a point, and elaborate on that in a second, Chris has just put something on the chat that I'm very keen for him to elaborate on, so other people can join in with that. Obviously, when you're live, you see it more. But he mentioned about uh, the best game Kieran Lee has ever had in a Bolton shirt. Um, whilst Ben's elaborating on that on that on that last comic, Chris, can you grow on that a little bit for us? 
and get other people's thoughts because I'm interested to to learn what what obviously it means he's had his best game, but in what sense? Like, do you get what I mean? Because um, obviously, when you when, when you're watching it on your iPad or whatever, it's, you never you never get a true reflection, do you? Sorry, Glenn, you're not on. seeing the whole game, are you? You're not seeing the whole mm-hmm. game when you when you're on iFollow yeah. or whatever. And if all them people who are watching going, oh, why don't you why don't you go? It's crap following. Oh, it's taking sixteen hundred down to. I couldn't go to looking after my little boy. Sorry, I <laughs> uh, So, yeah, Chris said before that, he said third goal was critical. Two on early second half would have been a major problem, which is a really good point. Um, the fact that we went into the second half, you know, still not conceding and started the, the second half really brightly. I think that was something that Dion mentioned in his uh, post-match interview. He said that they knew Everett had told them that Peterborough were going to come at them fast that second half, so they needed to be faster. Uh, and they lived up to that challenge uh, very well indeed. And obviously, the rest is history. Uh, David said, Dion Charles, man of the match, hardest job in football is scoring goals. Um, that is one we will touch on in just a little minute. We'll give you all our man of the match. But indeed, um, he performed very, very well. Ran his socks off as always. Liam said, the post-match, post-final whistle on the pitch video did me right in the emotions. There are oh, players proper in the field, that one. <laughs> It had been a while since we had more than one or two like that, which is so true. I think the the, the clip where Geth is pushing Santos towards the fans and, and encouraging to almost do some cheerleading was just different class. And there's a clip as well where we won our first penalty and Declan John absolutely froze his arms around in absolute delight that we got a penalty. Mm. Um, and so just, not- yeah, the, the characters yesterday were, were really on show for everyone to see. Not, um, not, not to st- not to be saying like Ian ever, but that video yesterday, as much as it was heartwarming, as much as it was good to see, as much as it, you know, the embracing each other and the fans and all that, that's the type of video that I want to watch in May when we're promoted and watch back with a smile on my face. Because doing it while we're in February, as good as it is, as nice as it is to see, we we have to continue to win so we can reach that end goal that the the, the, that the management and, and, and the players have set one another. And that's getting promoted. Simple as that. Because them, them videos, really, as nice as they are, if you're not succeeding, you know, it's they're not... All right, Ian. But it's true, isn't it? You know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to sound like him, but I'm just looking at it from a different view. That result counts for nothing if we don't get a result against MK. He's right, though, isn't he? Yeah. He's spot on. He's spot on. Enjoy them videos. I want to sit down. I want to sit down with a Bolton gin in May when it's nice and sunny. I've got my patio doors open. I want to watch YouTube and watch all them videos back, but they were back in the championship. I don't know about anybody else. It would be nice indeed, um, but I think it is important to remember that those those videos that we're seeing of players, you know, showing their character and showing their commitment to the badge and things like that, they yeah. go a long way in actually getting us promoted. Because if you've got those characters on the pitch, they're the ones that carry you through those, you know, promotion challenges. And it's yeah. that playing for the badge. That's exactly what it is. That's what I want to see out of a Bolton player that they're yeah, proud absolutely. to have that badge on their chest. Speaking of characters, what I noticed on the, on the video that, that, uh, that, that were posted yesterday, um, the new lads, they seem to fit in very well, haven't they? The yeah. lad that we got along from City seems to it'd be a big character, obviously. I saw Cameron Jerome, he was, he was encouraging Rico to go to the front of the fans. And I think, I'm, you know, Chris Markham and his team, they, they don't just recruit on player ability. The, the, the big part of it is, is, is the characters of these lads and... Um, yeah, 
that's what it's all about, isn't it? It's, it's a really good point. I watched a podcast and I cannot remember for the life of me who it was with. I think it might have been David Moyes. But he said that when scouts go out and, and watch players, which I know we don't do, but a large part of the recruitment process is actually ringing up family members, ringing up people that they've played with, ringing up other members of staff that they've worked with before and finding out all about what they're like, what sort of personality they've got. Because the last thing you want to do is, is you know, challenge a dressing room with a difficult character and potentially... Mentioning you know, no name. Well, yeah, indeed. Uh, we don't name names on, on the Fan Zone podcast. Anyone who does does not represent us in any way, shape or form. Um, but, you know, that's the last thing you want to do. You don't want to create holes in a dressing room that's been, you know, built brick upon brick uh, and really damage any solid foundations that have already been made. Um, let's have a look who else we've got. Uh, Chris has also said Shortire and Lee is the perfect combination, which is a really, really good point. Um, those two, I think yesterday in particular, were, were unplayable. Um, David Jones has said Santos once again had Clark Harris in his back pocket. What a play we have. The togetherness is spot on. Declan John is a revelation. He's like a new signing. Who, who, who was he referring to then? Uh, Declan John, Colin. Was he? Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, so I missed. I was reading the comments. Who was he talking about? Uh, it would have been your favourite. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the one. Will Ameson. Fan favourite. Uh, Liam has said, work rate has gone up another notch. I don't know how Dion even lasts 45 minutes, the running he does. When we press teams in the league, they panic. And I think Everett has cracked it that pressure wins. It's a good point. Uh, Dion, he just runs his socks off. He doesn't know when to stop. Um, same as Kyle Dempsey, I think, is another one that just yeah. does not stop running stop. and working. Um Chris obviously saying that that's the best game uh, Lee's ever had in his Bolton shirt mm. and Connor agreeing and saying, how is he doing that at 34? Uh, I am going to go and look for Chris's comment. Uh, there we go. Uh, he said he couldn't take his eye off him and that's in reference to Kieran Lee. His movement, the timing of the press and his energy for a playing we use sparingly, it was like we took the reins off him. Uh, it was a good point. He's just one of those that... You can't help but watch, even if he's not got the ball, just the way he moves, the way he operates, the way he goes about his business. You just know he's played at a higher level and he knows what he's doing. He's a very, very clever and intelligent player. Um, and that, for us to um, that I know we lost, was it 4-1 in the end against Villa early on in the season? But that, that, that game, for me, highlighted how good of a footballer Kieran Lee is because for an hour, he was probably the best, maybe longer actually, probably the best player on the pitch. And he's they, a very, they, very, very good at football person. He is indeed. <laughs> That's exactly how I would have explained it. Uh, Nathan has also said it looked like we started as a 3 4 2 1 instead of a 3 4 1 2 yesterday, having Shortire and Lee behind Dion. Um, mm. I didn't, I don't, I didn't see the first, I think, 20 minutes of the game. Um, oh, you Shortire, had problems, didn't you, Ben? I did. I had many problems. I was uh, <laughs> Very frustrated not, with the EFL. Not, not just with his eye follow. But yeah, I did notice actually Shortire dropped deep on a number of occasions and looked to try and come and pick up the ball yeah. and bring us forward, which obviously he's very, very good at. Um, and yeah, I mean, Shortire, I mean, a wow. lot of people said when he signed that, oh, is this the exciting signing that Everett was on about? Yeah. I'm not very excited. Yeah, he is. But, Jesus Christ, does he get me excited? Um, you can click that if you want. Uh, that's a free one for you. But <laughs> wowee, what a player. Um, 
just unbelievable. And to do it at so young as well is fantastic. Um, and I think I'm just oh, about caught up on the comments. <laughs> he had him absolutely tied. He had him tied in He's just yeah, unreal. Uh, really, really good player. Uh, so moving on, just a little bit away from that, uh, Luke Mbete made his debut for us. Uh, I thought he was pretty impressive. Another one, uh, similar to a lot of players in our squad that people were quick to write off before he'd kicked the football or done a football. Um, however, came on uh, in what was, he had some very, very big shoes to fill uh, in the role of Georgie J, but I thought he lived up to it. Pretty, pretty expertly, actually. Uh, so, my question to you both is, has he silenced those critics or is it too soon to judge? Colin, what do you think? What did you make of Luke and Bette's performance yesterday? Very assured, weren't he? Um, and I think he was... I think he offered... Obviously, we're used to uh, George Johnson at the left side of centre-half and I think he, he offered us that same kind of balance um, in terms of his, his passing um, and, and positional play. Uh, from along that left hand side of the defence, he, um, he 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 was a kind of performance that it looked like he'd not he he he'd been with us a while, if that makes sense. Um, and I think I think playing alongside Rico helps, and I think obviously playing in the side that that has a lot of the ball helps because obviously that's where he's kind of come from and what he'll be used to. Uh, but also familiarity as well. It's easy to forget that he's come through with Trafani at, at City and he's. Been, but you know he's known him for, for for many many years, so that that'll help as well. But um, yeah, very comfortable performance, good, that fantastic distribution as you as you would imagine, um, and obviously from a fan's perspective, comfortable with, with with him, you know, fitting in for the for the foreseeable future and until George Johnson comes back. Um, yeah, I'd be interested to know. I mean, if anybody can tell me a little bit more on on the chat, can he can he play across? Excuse me. Can he play across any other parts of the defence, or is he predominantly and purely a left-sided centre half? I don't really know much about him to, to be able to form that opinion, to be honest. Um, but as far as critics, or what did you say? Or did you answer your question? Has he done silence the critics, or is it too too? He can't have he can't have critics if he's if he's not even played a game, can he? Well, you, know, you wouldn't have thought so, can. but unbelievably, Bolton fans are. And if you are if you are critiquing a guy who hasn't even pulled the shit on yet, have a have a long look. At on the word that. of other fans. Yeah, on Huddersfield fans. Huddersfield town for <laughs> Christ's sake. You know what I mean? They're a rugby town for a start. You might as well ask a Wigan fan. So yeah. Yeah, what well, yeah, I mean, he has answered the critics, and he because he played well, he kept a clean sheet in his first game. So yeah. Indeed. And what did you make of his performance? Were you impressed? So for a young lad, he he was very assured, and couple of couple of tiny little wobbles. But I expect I didn't expect him to be that comfortable. Like Colin said, he looked like he'd played with us for a while. Yeah. Um, so for me, yeah, and I would never judge a player till he's in a shirt. So um, yeah, fingers crossed. A couple more, couple more weeks under his belt, and he'll be like, uh, like he'd been with us all season. I think Absolutely. it's good as well because he's going to come up against an MK Don team that, bear in mind, have improved quite a lot since since we've played them early on in the season. But we should obviously have a lot more, a lot, a lot of the ball, shouldn't we? And obviously, we should be able to nullify any of a lot of their threats. Um, so that'll help because kind of he's kind of bedding him in a little bit, isn't he, ahead of the next few weeks? Because obviously, 
terrified that Wickham game next Saturday night, to be honest. And I, I, I know I said the same thing about this, Peter, but <laughs> <laughs> say it again, Colin. Keep yeah, saying yeah. it. Well, funny <laughs> enough, I think it was David Green who, who last episode was telling Colin yeah. to say we'll lose, and look what happened. I said I thought I think we'd, we'd, we'd get a, a draw against Peterborough. I think, I think I'm sure. Well, David, if you're watching at the end of this, make sure you tell Colin to tell us yeah. to lose again because clearly yeah. it works. It's magic. Um, we've got some comments. Football is, all about, football is all about opinions, all right. <laughs> all about Indeed. Opinions. Uh, Nath has said that, uh, well, this is a response to a comment that Liam put on saying that he was holding his right thigh before going off. I think it was more cramped, but I did see that and think that's why the sub was made. Uh, and Nathan said, uh, which is what I was going to say actually, that he's played six games for Huddersfield and to play in such a high intensity a week after signing will take its toll. Uh, great to see we have another alternative to Jono, which I think was a similar problem to Lundaloo. Even though he'd played a number of games, the work rate that we're asking of our players week in, week out, is going to take its toll and there are going to be bodies that, that, that can't you know deal with the pressure so soon. Um, Chris has answered your question. Colin said that he's a left-sided centre-half. Um, so, so a great backup to Jono. Um, you know, should anything happen, injuries or or just healthy rotation, uh, it's always That's nice it. to have That's those healthy options. rotation. Yeah, you need, you know, strength, it's all about strength and depth. And I will, obviously, like I think the majority of people yesterday were listening to the game through iPhone or but it was Peterborough's coverage, I think. Yeah. Um, and it was quite interesting funny. Like, yeah, we won't talk about that. Well, but actually, point... it's not the worst. It's not the worst. They, they, weren't, no. they weren't terrible. My, what I was going to say is it was interesting. That the guy who was the, 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 the commentator, not the core commentator, he paid reference to the, our strength in depth, um, even with the amount of injuries that we've got, which was really... Positive, you know, really, it just shows how far we've come, really, done it in, in such a short period of time. So, yeah, and better to step in for George Johnson when George Johnson has to play left back or whatever, don't matter, does it? They're all good enough to step in and replace one another, aren't they? Absolutely. And it is, as you said, really, really good to see. Uh, Nathan said he was worried when Jono got injured that we wouldn't have anyone who could do what he did, but I'm better with class and didn't look out of place, which I think is the big thing. Uh, along with all the new signings, actually. None of them look out of place and they all seem to have that character about them that they seem like they've been with the group for absolutely ages. I know Vic at the end of the game went over to Charles and was having a good laugh that he'd obviously got the match ball. Uh, and those sort of those interactions that perhaps we don't see um, as often as, as they might happen, you know, on the training ground and things like that. It's so reassuring to know that those players that are coming in, you know, out of sides that maybe are struggling or with no real experience playing with us and with that group that they can mm. fit in so seamlessly is uh, really, really reassuring. Declan John, also back in the team again. Um, I mentioned it in my last one, and it was good to see that against teams that want to play the football, Declan John mm. looks like a world beater. Uh, however, against... I won't re refrain from using the word term tin pot, but against teams like Cheltenham... <laughs> That just want to put the ball out of touch and and go home and have a put the feet up. He looks sometimes he gets caught out a little bit, but uh, I thought he was excellent yesterday again. Um, immeasurably a better option against teams that want to play football. Um, Agreed. Would you, put him in would you put him in against Sheffield Wednesday away, or would you have George Johnson left back and in better left side of centre half? 
I'd ha- I get Chef Wednesday. I'd have John at wing back, John yeah. at left centre half. Um, however, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I think so. I think, yeah, I think so. It's tough, but John. I only ask a question because I only ask a question because obviously they're gonna when we go there, which is inevitably going to be a massive game. If the two clubs carry on the way they're going, um, if that's they're gonna they're gonna come at us, aren't they? I'm just alluding to the point you just made, that's all. Indeed. Uh, it'll be an interesting one, that is for certain. Uh, Lloyd Isgrove as well, back in back in the side. Uh, I know a certain someone uh, that goes by the name of Chris Dawson will be over Dawson. the moon. Uh, but yes, Isgrove made a little cameo after returning from injury after some time on the sideline. It was good to see him back on the grass out playing for us. Um Surprising. That, that, that's a th- sorry, sorry, Ben, to interrupt. That's that's a thing in it. Like when when we play when we're playing against a side that we've took our chances, we've we've been ruthless, we've scored at the right time. It enabled us to make dis- changes to the team that that will help long term, weren't it? I, w- I was watching uh, City and um, Villa earlier on, and they were three 0 up at half time, and he, and he texts uh, Harland off because they've got a Champions League game on Tuesday. You know, that's the thing, and everything's thinking ahead. You know, we've got Tuesday game, we've got Saturday game, we've got Wednesday again next week. And when you finish your chances and put the ball in the back of the net, that it gives you the options. And obviously, we've got lads that are coming, like we said just five minutes ago, that are good enough to, to come in and, and, and perform at the same level as the lads going out. So it's it's all it's all good stuff, isn't it? It is indeed. Uh, Nathan's just said Chris was in front of me when. Uh, at the game, and he had a grin like a Cheshire cat when Izzy came. Oh. Out. I can absolutely just imagine it. I can see it. Um, such a fast little player. Uh, even though he's just come back from injury, there was absolutely no stopping him flying down that right hand side. Um, very, very quick. Uh, difficult Good to asset. deal with as well. Good asset. Indeed, yeah. Uh, and another player that I wanted to touch on uh, was Rico. I don't know what else that there is to say other than than just Rico. It's just Rico doing Rico things. Not quite as good as Will Ameson. I will drop that in there just for you, Colin. Um... <laughs> You're gonna get lynched saying stuff like that. <laughs> What's happened the last few weeks has just proved my point. So I'm not bothered. I'm just gonna. I'm not gonna talk about Rico because I've said enough. So I'm, there's a there's a mute option on this. I'm just gonna mute myself and then. I'll <laughs> Colin's dropping out of this one but yeah another fantastic performance Um, and I do believe I did say on last Sunday's pod I'd love to see him score a goal and boom who are you choosing next week who who do you want to score next week who's not scored yet Trafford let's have (laughs) Trafford let's have a goal from Trafford Chris ever if you're watching this uh, then uh Get Trafford on penalty duties next week. Um, we all want to see him back. Uh, yeah, he's just immense, isn't he? Just an unbelievable player. Absolutely no stopping him. Um, and for him to get not just one, but two goals yesterday was uh, credit to the effort that he's put in uh, to come back from injury, from a, a really tough injury as well, and, and perform the way he has done is uh, speaks volumes about him. Another player who... Uh, Blew us all away yesterday in Dion Charles. Uh, Colin, you can jump back on for this one. Um, yeah, I'll let you have your say. But... <laughs> wow, another... What a man. What a man. Unbelievable. Just. He, he, he's. I know people say he should score more goals than he probably should, and I'm sure he'd probably be the first person to admit that. 
but what what he what he gets is he gets his, his rewards, doesn't he, for his tenacity and his hard work. Um, the engine that is so critical to us is absolutely critical to the way we play because he, that press from the front um, is un- unbearable, really, from a from a from a defensive point of view when they're trying to get out from the back. Um, yeah. And he just sets the tone, doesn't it, for the rest of the side. So he's just he's so important. And yesterday when he got an at- that hat trick. Buzzing for the lad. And all his attitude as well after the game. Um, I'd noticed that Shola Shortire was wanting to take that penalty, the first one, didn't he? And he was he was desperate for the ball. <laughs> Dion's like, no, no nah. chance. No chance. Didn't really have an argument, but they had a little bit of a, a word with what like Dion had a word with him. And, and afterwards he said, didn't he? He said, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a centre forward, I need to score goals. I'm on penalty duties, I don't miss them. That attitude is just exactly what you want in it, really, from you forwards. I loved his interview. I absolutely loved his post-match interview because he's. You need a little bit of arrogance in a centre forward, mm. and that's what he's got. He's not at all cocky. But when he was on about when they were trying to put him off for that second penalty, and he's like, "Pick that out, you know." Yeah, for anybody. Yeah, for anybody who's not heard the interview that we're, me and Andrew referring to, I think I'm right, Andrew. Is it the um, the interview with uh, Tau- Terror FM, I'd be Bolton sure. FM. Bolton FM, yeah, that's FM, the one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. yep, so he did an interview, and in that, um, the interviewer asked a question about his penalty um, and mentioned in reference to the fact that Shortay looked like he wanted to go, uh, and Dion said he's a centre-forward, he's there to score goals. Um, and there was a minor delay in the taking of the first penalty with uh, some of the Peter players encroaching on the box uh, and the keeper having a bit of a word. Uh, and it was Dion said that the the centre house and the goalkeeper were saying, "Oh, he knows where you're going. Uh, you might want to, you know, give it to someone else." Um, and obviously Dion went and put it in, in the back of the net, and then walked past it and said to the keeper, "Pick that one out." Um, and that's the sort of attitude you need in players. Um, and it, it it's incredible, really, because you look at you know November time. If someone had said that to Dion, you know, he knows where you're going. Every chance that he might have missed the penalty or had it saved or whatever, but confidence in that lad at the minute is just unbelievable. Um, playing off the park, uh, Nathan said, unsung hero for me was Morley. First goal came from his free kick, which Rico nearly got on the end of, and our last goal ran around their fullback. And to put a ball like that in with his weaker foot, some player mm. indeed. Um, every week, I think I, I'm not even sure if it's the player, I think it's that role because we saw it with MJ. That when he operated in that role, definitely and played, he's, he's definitely the player there. Do you think? Yeah, <laughs> and, and no, MJ. I love MJ. I think he's a great footballer, and against some of the some of the weaker sides in this this division, he's 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 perfect to have on. But Aaron Moore just takes it to that next level. He's 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 coming on leaps and bounds every single week. He's learning and and he's growing and his his distribution and his vision and he's always got time and space and the ball and. It's it's definitely it's definitely an upgrade on on MJ. I, I respect what you're saying, and you're you are you're right in a sense because obviously MJ offers a lot of that stuff as well. But for me, Morley just takes it to that next next level. Oh, absolutely, I agree that Morley is is levels ahead of where MJ is. But that role in particular, that deep lying yeah. uh, role that that spreads passes out, it feels like that position in general can often go unnoticed by fans. Uh, it's mm. often the case that they aren't you know putting their body on the line in the net or scoring goals. They're operating in a pretty sometimes neutral part of the game where they have quite a lot of freedom to to spread the ball and drive the team forward. And so 
I've noticed a lot that Morley can often go unnoticed, not in terms of his performance, but in terms of fans actually crediting him for the work rate that he's got yeah. and the performance that he puts in. Um, I think a player like I think a player like that, you, you kind of like after unless he scores a world like he is Charlton, you have to kind of like watch him or watch the player in question throughout yeah. the game, don't you? Really, yeah. to kind of yeah, to kind of so appreciate what exactly what he's done. Yeah. yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Absolutely. Uh, Liam has also put in a good comment and said, Geth had a blinder. The fact we didn't miss Connor at all, he even had two assists and nearly two goals is another really good point. The strength and depth we have is just phenomenal. Um, I think with Geth, we should, it shouldn't really come as much as a surprise, though, really, because he he offered us that that out, out, output last season, didn't he, really? And I think he did a pretty good job. Um, he's come back since his, since his injuries, come back like that player. Yeah. The start of the season, the start of the season, he was a little bit off it, but he's come back and he's he's been he's been like a it's been like a breath breath of fresh air. Seeing him back to his back to his best, I enjoyed watching him yesterday. The poor, the poor lad lost his mum earlier this season, though. Then I think that's probably I'm sure that's a contributing factor to you know dropping performances. But yeah, I did. Uh, another big part is probably the fact that there's so much competition for places at the minute. Players are are fighting to be in that team. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen with John obviously coming back into the team, working hard on the training ground, has earned him his spot. Came on against Charlton and, and did enough to keep his spot, and I'm, I'm sure will have done enough this week against Peterborough to do the same. And Dion now having competition with with two strikers on the bench, mm-hmm. uh, both of very good quality, may well be driving him on to to you know pull his socks up and work even harder, which I didn't think was possible. Yeah, do you think the fact that we've gone kind of two up front? Um, that's kind of how we're going to be, go, you know, moving into the back end of the season. That's kind of what we're going to be doing because I thought I look at the the striking options. Obviously, you've got Dion. I'm talking about out and out forward, centre forwards. We've got Dion, got Cameron Jerome, got the lad we just signed from Burton, um, Vic, Victor, and, and Dan. We've got and an, an, the lad from Southampton as well. That's four options. That for essentially, historically speaking, one position now obviously i know that shorty yesterday kind of played as a false nine you want to call it that i'm not know whether that's right or not um but is that do you reckon that's what the the plan is for the rest of the season to go to up top it certainly looks that way um and i think the intention is to have shorty as a 10 yes yeah. he's playing his socks off but bless him he can't keep that up for an entire season i mean if he does then all credit to him but the last thing you want is a player like that out with injury. Um, so we've got to use him sparingly, so to speak, and just give him his moments to shine. But in games like really rough old games like Cheltenham and things like that, I, I wouldn't want to see him almost go to waste the player of such technical ability being forced to play through a low block against proper scumbaggy teams. It feels like a bit of a waste. Mm. Um but Nathan's just said as well, John Daddy's got to come back as well at the end of the season. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Will he be back to the end of the season? Yeah. I'm not sure if it's at the end of the season or after the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it'll all depend on how his rehabilitation goes. Um, I, don't see him but, be, I don't see there being a big rush with him, though, I'll be honest. No, no, me neither. Um, I wouldn't expect no. to see him for the rest of the season. Uh, yeah, I'll be honest. I, don't, I can't see him or seeing him this season. Can you? No, no, I, I wouldn't. So. Um, and depending on how his recovery goes, it wouldn't surprise me if we didn't see him maybe next season. Um, yeah, obviously, he's out of contract. 
Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Ben. I apologize. Just seen one of the things come through. So catches back in. Is he back on Tuesday? Oh, Saturday. Back is back is available, isn't it? On Tuesday, he's yes. done three, hasn't yeah. he? I think so. Um, but yeah, <sighs> really, really good in numbers up top. Uh, so it's that time. Fans are man of the match. Um, who do you choose, uh, Colin? We're going to go to you. I have a feeling I know who you're going to say. Do you? I um, think well, certainly one of two. No, well, I, I was only a small percentage of the people that voted for Shola Shortai yesterday as the man of the match on Bolton. Oh, I must say it wasn't who I thought. Yeah, I thought he, <laughs> I thought he was outstanding yesterday. Um, I'd seen a stat. I don't know whether it was a, a or whether it linked to uh, Man United's um, Twitter or not, not their official Twitter, some kind of fan zone thing that they had. He, he, he's he's he's. Uh, stats yesterday were absolutely f- phenomenal. Um, 100% dribbles. Didn't fail on one dribble in the 63 minutes that he played. He had 28 touches, 93% pass accuracy. Um, he wins duels as well, which I found quite... He's winning duels as well, which is found quite interesting. So he's putting his foot in and, and, and breaking up the play and winning the ball back for us high at the pitch. Um Yesterday, obviously, I know Dion got that trick, and I know Rico played it standingly well as well. And you know, you can't take anything away from their performances. But I just thought the way that he played yesterday enabled us to play the way we played, and in turn, the way that resulted in us scoring as many goals as we we scored. Um, his spatial awareness is phenomenal. His touch is perfect. His vision's phenomenal. The frightening thing is, he's eighteen year old. And the, 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 the gap in, in quality between the Premier League and where we are at the moment in League One is, absolutely, is obviously so much bigger than we even can imagine. Because if he's not getting anywhere near their team with his ability, which is obvious why he isn't getting anywhere near, the, near their team, it just shows how miles away we are from that level. Because that lad is a massive talent um, and we're very lucky to have him. I think he's a good replacement for Dapo, for everybody anybody who's listening. Because I think he fits better. He fits better, doesn't he? You know, we're not we're, we're not force we're not forcing that, that that tactical change, are we? You know, to to get Dapo in the team. This lad just again, same as the lad from City, just like he's been playing with us for for months. I thought he was outstanding yesterday. So my man of the match was was shoulder short tire. And who was yours? So I won't be quite as lengthy as Colin, but. <laughs> Right up until that fifth goal, I was with him. I was with Shola Shortire. But just because two goals and a clean sheet, mm-hmm. he played in the number five shirt and the whole 555 thing, <laughs> I'd give it to Rico. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I don't think many arguments can be made. Mine is Charles. Uh, oh, we all went different. <laughs> I know. It's not often we have that. Um, no, it's not. But no, mine is Maz Charles, uh, you know, hat trick for the lad. Nothing less than what he deserves, ran his socks off. Mm. Um, and yeah, just unbelievable. What a player. But um, I like that, that we had three outstanding performances. For me, they were the three players that were absolutely outstanding yesterday. And it's nice to have that that difficult decision as who you give it to, isn't it? it? Rather than it being one outstanding player. Absolutely. Again, there's, 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 there's players that we could mention, like, you know, you said it before, but Gethin Jones played very well yesterday. <coughs> Excuse me, I thought James Trafford did very well, because again, when he were called upon, <coughs> commanded his box, won, you know, sa- you know, saved the 
shots that he had coming at him, albeit they weren't the best, but he still had a job to do and he did it well. So there's loads of players that you could say, not man of the match, but performed to, to, to a high, high level yesterday. Indeed. Uh, and looking ahead um, to our next fixtures, so obviously we've got uh, MK Dons uh, on Tuesday. Uh, we are currently fourth in the league table, uh, slowly creeping our way up, believe it or not, uh, closing that gap on the top two um, with with some fury as well. Um, two losses in 19 games uh, and we have the most points in 2023. Currently sat on uh, 19 out of a possible 24, I think it is. Um and yeah, most points in, in 2023, which is just outrageous. Uh, the January re- January revival is well and truly on. Um, I don't know how many seasons we can have this, but <laughs> it seems to be happening again, doesn't it? Uh, MK Dons. Oh, sorry, sorry, I was going to say, I think about a month ago, I've got screenshots somewhere on my phone, I'm not doing it just yet, but about a month ago, I think we were... 14 points, I think, from the automatics. And we're six now. Now I know we've we've got we play more games and all that bullshit, but that is literally bullshit because you you have to win them games. So in a way, win games, yeah, 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 yeah. In a way, they're not really. They are worth something. Of course, they're worth something. But when we're when you're looking at the cold hearted day, we're six points away from 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 auto, the automatic spots. So we just, I tweeted yesterday. We just have to believe that we can, we can we can do it and just look after ourselves, don't we? Absolutely. Uh, I do think the onus is on Sheffield Wednesday and Plymouth to slip up. I think if they carry on performing, then it's gonna, you know, they're gonna take it. But we've seen it before, and it's not uncommon of Plymouth, you know, Ipswich, even Sheffield Wednesday to to slip up and and drop points in silly games. And it seems like that may already be starting. Um, but we won't, uh, you know, hypothesise too soon. Uh, I wouldn't want to end up uh, doing the rounds on Twitter for saying something stupid at the end of the I've, season. I've read it. I always like to jump on other clubs within our kind of, you know, group clubs in the top of that particular league that we're in at the moment. But I, I jumped on Sheffield Wednesdays recently and I've seen that quite a few of their fans are a little bit concerned about their strength in depth. And if they are, were to get a couple of critical injuries that they could struggle a little bit. Uh, which I thought was quite interesting because I think Plymouth have lost a keeper and they've lost centre half for a while as well, haven't they? Yeah, just got to keep winning, haven't we? We keep do winning. indeed. That's all we can do. We can just take, That's all we take can do. Concentrate on us. Exactly. We can only take charge of our own fixtures and let the rest do its work. Um, but yeah, MK Downs twentieth in the league table uh, in twenty twenty three, only recorded eight points out of a possible twenty one. Uh, that's three losses, two draws and two wins. I think their wins came up against teams like um, Forest Green and uh, another one. It might have been Bristol Rovers or Cheltenham or something. No spectacular wins in there uh, and some pretty poor performances, all things considered. Obviously, we're back on home soil, uh, aiming for a ninth. <laughs> Literally. Home Literally, soil. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all puns intended, but yeah, I think we're aiming for a ninth consecutive clean sheet, which is just unbelievable. Um, Trafford uh, and the defence in general really, really putting in performances week in, week out. What are your expectations heading into that game? Uh, and we'll go to you again, why not? We'll start with you. Um, what are you thinking? Um, three points coming 
coming our way. Yeah, definitely. We Indeed. have to. That is absolutely a, a have to win match. Definitely. I don't do score predictions, but for me, it's a win. Absolutely. I don't throw the must win fixture about uh, very often, but I think this is one of the few occasions I am going to use it. And I think it is a must win um, for us to, you know, keep that form. A midweek game in between, you know, two weekend fixtures, it's one of those that you have to be picking up points, carrying into a very, very tough game against Wickham. Um, mm. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I think we're going to win. Uh, must win. Uh, for me, Colin, what about you? I throw the must win um, terminology about a lot. Every week. Just... <laughs> Every <laughs> game's a must win for Cal. <laughs> they are. They are. I don't want to be in this league long you know, for any, any length of time. Do you get what I mean? They're all must win games. Um, and that's the level that we need to, the, the play. I'm sure the players are there to and try and aim for. As far as tomorrow's concerned, I think we all have a duty in. You know, 28 people in the chat, tell 28 more, and hopefully they'll tell 28 more, and so on and so forth. But we've got a duty tomorrow to, to rock up to the ground. Oh, sorry, Not Tuesday. tomorrow. Don't go tomorrow, people. Tuesday. <laughs> I, I corrected myself, Ange. Um, to rock up to, the, rock up to the game on Tuesday and not expect to win. We have to go there and imagine that's the same MK downside from last season and go and get behind them, make a lot of noise, don't sit there and expect us to roll them over because it's, it's probably not going to end up like that. Personally, I take a one nil, um, and I know they're not, you know, not in the, the best of form. They're not having the best of seasons, and I'm, I'm sure that a lot of them will probably, you know, might even be worried about going getting relegated. They probably are, so they're going to be up for it. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's a tricky game, but we we got to go there and get behind the lads and and. Um, yeah, make a lot of noise and no, no expectations. None of that groan in the morning if a pass doesn't go, pass doesn't go right and all that that bull that, that sometimes happens. Um, yeah, I do. Yeah. I absolutely agree with that. I think those fans that are going to rock up on Tuesday and sit there and complain after twenty minutes that we're not nine nil up and Dion's not got three hat tricks <laughs> are in for a bit of a surprise because it's going to be a Cheltenham repeat. Um, they're going to play a low block. They're going to sit deep. They aren't going to give us the space that we want. They're going to frustrate us. And it's probably going to be a painful watch, but that is just the hard truth. Those games come about and it's our job to get behind the players and, and push them through them games, not sit and whinge. Um, and I'm speaking directly to the people that sit behind me. Uh, in <laughs> If you are watching by some imagination, just pack it in because it pisses me off. <laughs> Um, David Green has popped the comment on and he said, Colin, it's a must lose. Um, <laughs> Colin, you've got to tell us going to lose. Yeah, I've got a reputation here, haven't I? <laughs> it seems yeah. that way. Uh, Liam's no, popped the comment yeah. on. Go on, Colin. Are you say no, something? no, he's, he's, yeah, I'm not saying that. What, what, what <laughs> Liam's put a comment on about the games in hand, and he said the thing on the games in hand for the others is two points. One, there is a rumour of another beast from the east that might take the games getting called off and condense their fixture list. And two, they all play each other. Um, so, you know, not only are they going to perhaps have to deal with some pretty hefty fixture congestion, they've all got to play each other. Mm. Um, so anyone that's a good point. That I didn't realise that. So, yeah, uh, a really good point. Thanks for that, Liam. Uh, before we wrap things up, uh, we're an hour and ten minutes in. Uh, these seem to be getting longer and longer every time. 
Uh, so we'll do our best to, to wrap things up pretty swiftly. But uh, Trafford has kept a clean sheet in 16 of 31 of his games so far this season. Um, Portsmouth keeper last year was Gavin Bazunu, uh, obviously a City youngster, the same as Trafford, who kept 16 clean sheets in 44 games uh, at 20 hell. years of age, which is the same. And for those of you who don't know, uh, Bazunu is no longer with Portsmouth or City. He earned himself a move to Premier League outfit Southampton for a deal. £20 million. £12 million pounds that mm. could raise to £15 million. Pounds, um, which I, think I, that's think, what, I think that's what City would expect from me, to be honest. Try. Absolutely. Um, I think that really brings home the fact that we need a number one next season, though. Because <laughs> Just I a bit. Even if we're in the Championship, I don't think... James Trafford is sticking no. with us. If if no. past record is anything to go by, he's either going to be swanning around in the Premier League with with City as number two, or he'll be starting for someone. Um, mm. Because that lad is exceptional, and to have sixteen clean sheets in thirty one games is ridiculous. I think it's credit. Uh, I think it's credit to his defence as well. That's in front of him. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. There, there, are, there are, there's a number of games go by where he doesn't really have to do much, but his mm. real quality shows when he's called upon after yeah. those quiet games and still makes the saves that he should be doing. Yeah, but yeah. Like yesterday, it. really. Like obviously, we had to weather a little bit of a storm, didn't we? And he, you know, he, he dealt with what he had to deal with, didn't he? And dealt with it well. So Indeed. yeah, perfect, perfect example. Nice bit uh, of cramp for a little bit of time wasting. All good. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, like that when teams did that. Yep. It's uh, it's one of that. As long as you don't go down with a head injury and roll about. Yeah, uh, no head injury. Uh, he wasn't. He wasn't. Uh, he wasn't <laughs> abusing that rule. Yeah, uh, he's a good lad, isn't he? Um, but yeah, I think a new number one is absolutely in need in the summer. Um, and I'm sure Chris Markham and Ian Everett have already got their eyes on a number of people. Um. Chris has popped in a comment saying that's given he's on, on a five-year contract, he's got to be over 15 million easy. Yeah. Um, which is a, a good point. That lad has got one hell of a future in store. David's also just said, is Happy Valley not on? Uh, thankfully, that's finished. Oh, so finished. We, can, we can actually be on as long as we want. We can keep you all till nine o'clock if we wanted to. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, thank you all for watching. We have enjoyed tonight's episode very much. And yeah. as always, remember... Uh, whatever platform you are following on, go and drop us a follow. Uh, so if you're on Spotify and you want to catch up on the episodes, um, give us a follow. Uh, download the episodes. It's completely free. Just go and give us a listen. Follow us on all your socials. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Hit the bell and you'll be notified every time we go live. Um, but yes, really, it, it does really help following us on, on the socials that we're on. Tell your friends about us. Get them listening. Get them talking in the chat. And the exciting news, uh, if you missed the start, we are now in some sort of partnership with the Bolton Gin Company. Uh, if you want to go and get yourself a nice bottle of gin, what's then you can new, do with a nice little discount. What's the new thing that they do, Ben? Uh, we are Fans on X, Bolton Gin oh, Company. Oh, yeah. Fans on mm-hmm. X, Bolton Gin Company. X everywhere with, with these with businesses and stuff we're using this, don't you? Absolutely. In, in conjunction with, is that the... The old-fashioned way of saying it. I mean, probably, yeah, but uh, you're not going to catch me throwing that term around. Um, <laughs> so, yes, if you'd like to get yourself a bottle of the Bolton Gin, uh, then please do so. Head over to the Bolton Gin Company website uh, and use code FANZONE10 for 10% off when you check out. Uh, so if you're looking for a last-minute Valentine's Day present, you know where to go. 
Thank you all very much for watching. And we will see you on Wednesday for our post MK Dons podcast. So thank you all for watching and we'll catch you post, on the next one. Post MK Dons three point podcast. Hi. Sorry, David. Sorry, David. <laughs> if we lose, it's Colin's fault. Yeah, you can work. See you all later. Cheers, guys. <laughs>